All right, welcome in. It is another edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. Pregame.com, that's where you can find us at. Uh, I'm AJ Hoffman. Joining me is Griffin Warner. Griffin, at his mom's house, better internet than usual, he says. How was the Christmas meal at mom's house, Griffin? You know, you're setting me up pretty good. So uh, didn't make the trip over here for Thanksgiving. So we did a little Thanksgiving Christmas day, basically, and did a, uh, a tenderloin uh, which is a little bit above my price range at home. So that was a really good Christmas Eve meal. So uh, I'm probably going to be 10 pounds heavier, but uh, just enough to uh, hopefully crank out some winners this week. Well, I, I hope you're right. Uh, Mackenzie, happy happy Christmas to you as well, my man. Uh, I've heard great thing. I don't bet on soccer, and honestly, I don't know how soccer betting works. But Brad, who normally produces our Sunday night pod, has been like, man, Griffin is killing the soccer game. So uh, if, you, if you want to, if you're into that sort of thing, you give Griffin a follow on Twitter. Griffin, what's the handle again? The real underscore G Warner. Um, and thank you for the shout out, especially after an 0-2 uh, return to soccer today. Oh, shit. Um, but no, no, it's all good. Um, we're I'm really looking forward to uh, honing in on, on the second part. And uh, hopefully... I can convince you that we can do a uh, a dream preview soccer podcast coming up featuring AJ. Well, it won't be me. It'll be you and somebody else. I'll tell you that much. Cool. All right, let's get into the big games coming up this week. And let's start with Tuesday night. We've got UConn plus three at Xavier. What are you thinking here? Well, um, two pretty good teams that have had a great start to the season. Uh, I think from where I sit with UConn, I've gone against them a a few times so far this year and and kind of felt fortunate when I walked away with victories and uh, uh, probably deserved losses otherwise. But UConn looked like a a pretty good backcourt right now that's, I think, impressed a little bit more than I was expecting. Uh, They got their big guy, Sonogo, back, who never passes when they throw it into him, but he's pretty scary on the the block because – He's a monster of a person, and I don't really know too many people that can stop him. Uh, so I'm pretty impressed with UConn so far. I still am a little bit worried about the backcourt uh, delivering up to kind of expectations that they've set for themselves so far this season. As for Xavier, uh, great home court for sure. I think even during the holidays uh, should be a, a, a rocking house for that one. Uh, and getting their own big man back, Fremantle, from injury, um, he's, I think, kind of slowly coming along. You, you might have a little bit deeper of a, cause I know you've been following Xavier pretty closely and specifically his injury. Um, but I, I'm, I think my biggest question right now is about the Xavier uh, ability to shoot on the perimeter. Yeah, I actually, UConn getting Sonogo back, I think makes a huge different difference for them long-term. I'm not sure how much it helps here because Xavier has, they've seen some really strong front courts this season and they beat all of them. The, Ohio state beat them. Oklahoma State beat them. Moorhead beat them. Cincinnati beat them. Marquette beat them. They handled all those front courts. I think, like, unless you're just really lights out from three, it's it's really or, – or you can prevent Xavier from shooting at all, which is easier than said than done – easier said than done when they're playing at Cintas. I, I, I don't know how you beat this team. I don't Like you said, nobody can stop Sonogo. I, I don't know if this, this may be – the crew that can do it because they've shut down better front courts than UConn. Um, UConn has yet to lose a game by more than four points. So they're difficult to run away from that said. So, so are other teams that we've seen Xavier running away from at home. I've, 
I want to say UConn here. I, I just don't have any appetite to bet against the Muskies at home right now. It, they are just a, a, a beast at home. So, and especially these early conference games, like we, the the home road splits are so crazy. And we'll talk about some of the other ones that are kind of, you know, I, I've got leans and they're they're kept from being likes because of that very reason. But it's Xavier or pass in this one for me. Yeah, I think at three, um, that's too low of a number for me to really want to step in unless I was really confident in UConn being able to make perimeter shots, which I think is going to be an issue for both of the teams in, in this game. Um, I think to your point, Sonogo not really passing out is a really nice thing to play against because you know that really all you need to do is either double team him or at least keep him from getting as close as possible to the basket because he's not finding other people. And that seems to be where most of the three-point shots are made in this sport is, is kickouts from inside or offensive rebounds or something like that. I think Xavier's three-point shooting is a big concern for me, but uh, maybe I sounded a little bit too into UConn when I was talking earlier because I've been pretty impressed by them. But ultimately, I think at a number at three or less, I think Xavier might even make it on my card, never mind uh, an interest in UConn. All right, let's take a look at a couple of SEC matchups. Uh, set for Wednesday LSU plus three is the projection here uh, I'll give us some wiggle room uh, it, it may end up being four I, I would guess it would go that way before it go the other way uh, at Auburn and I'll, I'll start because LSU has just been an absolute beast particularly against teams that they can just overwhelm with athleticism and that's about to get tougher to do because they played a softish Non-con schedule, that's done now. Their next three games, Auburn, Kentucky, and Tennessee, all teams in the Ken Palm Top 15. Their highest-rated opponent to date was Belmont at 55. It also happens to be LSU's first true road game of the season. So I'm a little skittish to jump in with LSU, but Auburn hasn't exactly played a murderer's row either. They've been a little more battle-tested. UConn, Loyola, uh, Syracuse earlier this year, but that UConn game makes for an interesting comp here. Uh, considering Sonogo, who we just mentioned, and, and Tyler Polly, their other 6'9", 6'10", dude, just had had their way inside against Auburn. And those two combined for 54 points in that game. That's Auburn's lone loss of the season, which brings you to question, oh, how's Auburn going to do against a front court that can score? And then you bring in Reed and Eason for LSU, who are scoring on everyone. And it leans me back to LSU. I, I, I'm I'm kind of torn here. I, I, I'm going to see where the number goes. If it, if it gets to four, I'm probably going to ride with LSU on this one. I, I like that team a lot, and I don't really know how Auburn slows them down inside, but I am cautious because it's their first road game this season. Yeah, first road games are, are big, big concerns, uh, especially in what will be a madhouse on the Plains. Um, I don't know what Bruce Pearl does, but I feel like one thing he, that he knows how to do once he gets into a job is get the fans behind him. Uh, he's completely changed himself as a coach overall, I think, to really endorsing the three-point shot. And certainly will, especially at home, we'll see Auburn throwing up and chucking up threes that don't make a lot of sense in terms of a game plan. Uh, but I feel like if there's anywhere they're going to go in, it is at or it's on the plains, wherever, whatever the stadium's called. I was going to go deep into that one, but I don't remember it. So uh, keep going. Auburn, you know, I, I think they're... Uh, going to play with a pace that LSU is, is comfortable at. But I, I think ultimately playing in that stadium, in that gym, uh, Auburn is is a team that I'm not looking to go against. I, I kind of broke my own rules, uh, played Murray State against them uh, in the last matchup, which 
Um, I thought Murray played really well and then literally just fell apart kind of what they did against Memphis a few weeks ago. Uh, and ultimately, I think Auburn are just one of those teams where they're going to play really good defense. They're going to really absorb the energy from the crowd behind them, and they're going to shoot a ton of threes. And that's a really scary proposition for me if, if I was looking at LSU here because I don't know that LSU have the three-point shooting. I, I think that they're going to really need to stay in this game with defense, turnovers, and, and things of that nature. Uh, but I think Walker Kessler, the UNC transfer inside from Auburn, has done a really good job of being more than just kind of the, the pretty boy um, from UNC, I think he's he's shown a rugged defensive nature that I think I haven't really seen at Auburn for a while from that type of center position, uh, and so I'm I'm pretty scared of, of of fading Auburn in this position, and, and certainly if that's a, a minus three, I think I, I'll play the Tigers. Uh, well, I guess they're both Tigers. I'll play the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, uh, and I'm if I might be wrong here, but I'm almost certain the arena is called. Wait for it. Auburn Arena. Oh, you know, I could have just gone with it. <laughs> no one would have known. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's get into the other big SEC matchup. Another good one. Another team that I'm very high on, Tennessee. And what kind of a sucker am I? I, I touted Tennessee from day one. And then last pod, I'm like, you know what? Time for me to jump off. I got a new girl here. She's hotter. Uh, just uh, got these, you know, beautiful yeah. body, sweet, big boobies, beautiful face. <laughs> Arizona, look at her, and I, I leave my old reliable, and then what do I get? I get smacked in the face for it. They, I, like Arizona was uncharacteristically sloppy uh, handling the ball, at, at 17 turnovers, uh, and this is one of the two areas of weakness for Alabama. They, they, they do not take good care of the basketball, and they don't play interior defense, which could be bad against Tennessee – Alabama's really confusing to me because they 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 passed those tests. Gonzaga, Houston, we're like, oh, how are they going to handle physicality? Well, they they were brilliant uh, in the Houston game. You could say, well, they, maybe they could have lost that game. I, I don't know. They they probably could have. Uh, Gonzaga, though, that was a, a clean win over a really good team. But since those games, they got blown out by Memphis. They squeaked by Jacksonville State, and then they lost to Davidson. So I, I'm in. I don't know what's going on with Alabama right now. And just like the the LSU game, I, I'm in. I'm nervous about teams playing their first conference road game. Nothing about this matchup pushes me away from Tennessee. It, it's just how will they perform in you know in their first road game and which Alabama team shows up. What do you see on this one? Yeah, I think it's really hard to to know what's coming from from Alabama. Unfortunately, I think that there's going to be a point in their season where we know them a lot better and are probably in a position where we can expect them uh, to be the kind of top tier SEC program that we were expecting based on how well they played last year. Um, it's hard to say that and hard to really believe that based on their performance so far. They've been so inconsistent. And to me, they haven't really, I mean, certainly they're replacing players, but I mean, they, they had enough of a core returning that I thought that they would be one of those teams that were kind of running away with a uh, high ranking and, and really playing for seeding. And, and not that I'm worried about them making the tournament at all right now, but I, I do think that they're, uh, ability to beat really good teams, but also lose to to questionable ones like Davidson that you pointed out. I think I was like a, a scheduled like 24 hours in advance in Birmingham. So like wasn't really uh, 
it wasn't really a, a neutral court as, as much as you'd expect. And, and I, so that, that's a problem for me uh, when, especially looking to back Alabama long-term, I do think though, to speak more on, on Tennessee is that this is a situation where uh, they're going to need to make shots on the road. And I think that we've seen it and we've even watched it this season that uh, they're a great team when they make jump shots and it's really hard to predict when they're going to do it. Uh, I would think more often than not, they would. Uh, but this is going to be a really tough environment. And I just don't know that those shots are going to go in uh, in this, in this game. And, and I feel like Alabama at a, in a, in a home gym can, can kind of run away from you if they're playing well and they're playing a team that relies on defense. Uh, if it's not fully up to speed with its defense, I feel like they're going to have a, a tough time hanging with Alabama if, if we get a good effort for, from them. Hard to predict if that's coming, but uh, I think I lean Alabama here uh, based on the home court and, and I think based on Tennessee's inability to score. I think what we're seeing here is, and I'm cautious against the home, the home or against the road teams, you love home teams like you you think that the the home court advantage is strong here i wonder if like all the covid stuff if if that that makes it more or less of an advantage in a year like this uh i think it's it's something we'll find out i feel like last year there was almost no home court advantage and maybe that's why i had a really good year and i'm kind of coming back to the to the mean here this season so far uh but i think we're going to turn around sooner rather than later um but yeah i think it's one of those things where i've struggled i've just noticed from from betting the sport for like 15 years now pretty incessantly that i've just I've underrated home home court a little bit more than I should have in, in kind of reviewing my results from previous seasons. And I'm trying to make it uh, a little bit more important to me when I both talk about games, but also to kind of prevent me from playing the the kind of fringe road underdog that I think can hang, but ultimately uh, might get kind of run across by by a home gym that's screaming for, for 40 minutes. All right, let's look at an ACC matchup here. Virginia Tech will project plus three and a half at UNC, and I'm, I, I again, I'm putting a lot of weight into to Ken Palm numbers here. Although I think I'm just against Ken Palm on these two teams. Like, I I think UNC is better than what everybody thought they were going to be in the preseason. They were 40th in Ken Palm preseason. They're now 36. So they they're nine and three so far. Their only losses: Purdue, Tennessee, and Kentucky. No shame in those, and they've got a win over Michigan. So preseason. Virginia Tech was 39, one spot better than North Carolina. They've gone eight and five, and some of those losses weren't particularly close, yet they're moved, they've moved up to 24 in Kimpom. I don't know what, like, what the, you know, what exactly. I'm, listen, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a, a I, I don't know what Kimpom does. I, he, he may be taking money from the, uh, from the books for all I know, but all I know is, I don't think Virginia Tech is one of the 25 best teams in the country. I've seen them really struggle with physicality, too. Xavier bullied them. Memphis bullied them. Duke bullied them. And that's obviously what North Carolina is going to want to do. That's what they've got the bodies to do. I think North Carolina is undervalued here. I think they're a bad matchup for Tech. I don't know what the number is going to come out. I, I think if if we get you know some some semblance of what Ken Palm thinks it is, if the blinds, which they usually do, they they usually go off Ken Palm. And right now, this Ken Palm says North Carolina is a one point fa- or should win by one. Uh, and I'm just I'm saying three three and a half just because I don't believe that the I think that you know public money would be on North Carolina here, but I, I think even that may be short. I, I may t- I may look at North Carolina anything inside of a, of a possession. What are you thinking? 
Yeah, I mean, when you throw, usually just uh, a little behind the scenes of the pod, usually you throw the games that we want to go over at me ahead of time. So uh, surprise, surprise, I do have some time to prep. Um, but ultimately, I, I think when I was projecting what I thought this line might look like, I was saying definitely above three. And I think the uh, the Torviks of the world also have it at 1.3 UNC favorite. So, so like this is expected to be a really close game. And I'm a little surprised based on Virginia Tech closing, I think, a nine-point dog at, at Duke um, just right before the holidays. And, and certainly there's some holidays uh, change things over a little bit, whatever you leave. But I can't imagine Ken Palm's really factoring that into like the luck metric of his, of his science behind the scenes. Uh, but, but ultimately, from where I sit, I feel like Virginia Tech uh, might be a really good team, but we certainly haven't seen it from their performance because they have not been consistent enough uh, to climb that many spots in the rankings. I think you're onto something that UNC, I think, have or Hubert Davis taking over for Roy Williams, I think has shown, uh, are there a lot of naysayers and a lot of questions, including yours truly about like, they could have gotten anybody compared to why, why would they take someone from Roy Williams staff who hasn't really shown that he knows too much. Yeah. I do think that Hubert has done a good job of, of kind of employing the, uh, the stretch four and even a stretch five of his team, which I think will be huge for UNC because just as the NBA is gone, you need to have shooters at every position in college. Uh, Virginia Tech, on the other hand, I think that they're an analytics team's dream because they're going to play really tight defense and they probably have good defensive efficiency numbers and they shoot the three really well and are are just efficient on both sides of the ball. Um, I don't know how to explain some of the losses that they're currently on that record. Uh, And I really do like them going forward as I, I've, I've watched them from betting St. Bonaventure against them. And I think you had the Hokies in that one where they just ripped into shreds from, from go. Uh, I, I'm interested in backing uh, Virginia Tech later in the season. It's, it's certainly when they're facing some of the more, uh, I think, inferior ACC competition. But uh, getting less than a possession or even right around a possession is, is far too short for me in this type of situation at Carolina. Yeah, you mentioned the, the you know closing nine against Duke and then not even covering that. Yet, yet I'm I'm guessing we're going to see more. At least the early number will be a very Virginia Tech friendly number, uh, and you know you you want to respect you know the 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 people who make these numbers. You want to respect the market after they make those numbers. But oof, I I just I think the the starting point for Virginia Tech has been a little bit higher than I'd like it to be. All right, let's get into best bets. We go one and one last week. Uh, I lost with Wyoming on the island against Stanford and. <laughs> they just dug themselves too deep of a hole. And then by the time they came back, they, they miss a free throw down the stretch to tie it. And they had two looks at three at the end of the game and missed both of them. Uh, got the number that I hoped we would get with, with Wyoming as a dog. And uh, they just couldn't get it home. I know you had a winner over the weekend in that same tournament. Yeah. Uh, r- pretty impressed by Liberty so far. Um, gave BYU a pretty good game last night. And I just feel like they're one of those teams. And unfortunately, it's really going to depend on what they do in their uh, conference to, to get make sure they, they win the conference tournament, which I would expect them to, to get into the dance. Uh, but they're probably going to be like a 12 or 13 seed, maybe 14 seed. And that'll be tough for whoever draws them. But I feel like they they struggle in those type of scenarios as they drew, I think, Oklahoma State last year, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I was impressed. It was pretty good uh, led throughout. Um, certainly had some hiccups late, uh, but survived a th- fouling a three-point shooter at the end. Uh, 
the best one from Northern Iowa, but, but it was a good win was needed to kind of end my, I think it was five losses in a row. So, uh, happy to say that we're trending back in the other direction <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to grab you back on the train. We're going to go back to, to winning ways this week. All right. I'm going to start out. I'll go with a Thursday game and I'm betting on a team that has kicked my ass recently. And I'm going to project this Utah minus three at Oregon state. Ken Palm says two. Uh, I, I'm just assuming that the market's going to look at Oregon State and go, no thanks. Uh, but I, I would think three. I'd, I'd play this to four happily. Uh, this is Utah on the road, and I bet I bet on them against Mizzou, thinking that they got an oddly no, low number. And I feel like I, I may have texted you about that. I was like, I can't figure out why this number's so low. And then about ten minutes before tip off, Brandon Carlson gets announced out, and. Really, they should have won that game anyway, and the final score looks like Mizzou blew them out. They didn't, uh, but that's neither here nor there. They lost, and then then I faded them against a pretty strong Fresno squad knowing that Carlson was out this time, and then they just get this great shooting game. They don't turn the ball over, and they beat Fresno outright. I, I'm so frustrated with them. Now Carlson expected to play, and if he does, I think we're going to get good value on the Utes, but unless – I say that unless Oregon State somehow loses to Sacramento State on Tuesday because Oregon State plays Sacramento State on Tuesday, that's not entirely impossible that they would lose. Oregon State's on the Mount Rushmore right now of worst teams in the Power Six. I think Mizzou and and Georgia and Pitt. Pitt might be the George Washington of that crew. Uh, But they're they're one of the worst Power Six teams in the country. They've got straight-up losses against Princeton, Samford, not Stanford, Samford, and UC Davis all at home, Utah getting their best player back should be enough for them to put away the Beavers. They're, Oregon State's only wins this season, Portland State and Nichols State. They are 2-10. and 10. That's their two wins, Portland State and Nichols State. I think a healthy Utah team should be able to get some margin on this Oregon State team. I mean, I'm a big, big Craig Smith fan, so I, I, I love the Utes and their coaching staff and kind of what they can be. Um, I, I do think that they're in a, a tricky spot here going to Corvallis, but um, I will admit I am not a fan of this Oregon State team. Them, uh, The run to the lead eight last season was one of the most incredible things that I don't think can ever be explained like UFOs or whatever. If we're going Mount Rushmore, <laughs> we might as well go Area 51 or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't I can't hate going against Oregon State uh, for as long as possible until this team really gets rated the way that they've performed so far this season. Yeah, there's, it's some pretty bad home losses already. I, I just can't. It, this is a team that's, you're, you know, Utah hasn't been r- really on the road yet. And that, again, that scares me. They've had one, uh, they've had two road games and lost them. So that's like, oh, that's not great. Uh, but I also just think this this Oregon State team that that has lost to just you know below average teams nationally at like Samford is two thirty six in Ken Palm. They lost to them straight up at home. I don't know that this is much of a home court advantage here. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that you know Brandon Carlson doesn't re injure himself or something <laughs> and get things right. I really need to get off this Utah ass kicking train that I'm on. What do you got for your best bet, Griffin? Cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, Wednesday night for the Providence Friars hosting Seton Hall. Uh, currently, Torvik is projecting this at Providence minus 2.4. 
Uh, don't think we're going to ever see a 2.4 spread, but I, I'm looking to, to lay the points as long as it's four or less on the Providence Friars. Um, Providence is is plus one on Ken Palm. Even better. Uh, yeah, I think you're going to get. I think you'll get inside a three. Well, that's that's what I'm hoping for because uh, I think earlier editions, and if you've been listening throughout, thank you to those who are, are interacting with us on Twitter, especially um, and confirming that uh, AJ's always got the best ideas on who he's fading. Uh, but, you know, it, it's been one of those things where I think Providence College, um, they they got off to a better start than I think a lot of people expected. Uh, had a big win at UConn uh, and really showed a defensive intensity that I think has been kind of absent from the program for a couple seasons. Seton Hall, on the other hand, have been dealing with COVID issues. Um, pro- program got shut down or practices canceled. And I think this is going to be a really tough reintroduction into the wild. Uh, and, and if you're like the way you said it, if, if Seton Hall are going to be below a possession, then I think I'm looking for, for Providence to try to, to stick it to them. Uh, I think Big East home court is going to be really important in conference play this season. And uh, I, I think the Friars will get you done, uh, especially if you can get it below possession. Yeah, Big East, the, the home court advantage in the Big East is always huge. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I think this is I think, it's, A, it's going to be a great game to watch. I think both these teams are good. This is going to be a, a, a dog fight, so I'm excited to watch that game, but I, I'm with you. I think Providence is the side here. All right, let's hope that we've got you some winners there. Uh, hope you guys had a great Christmas, and we'll be back on normal schedule for at least the next little while. Uh, I think I don't think we've got any problems coming up Thursday and Sunday and the next week, so uh, we'll be back with you trying to, uh, trying to find you winners and previewing the big games. Griffin, appreciate it as always, man. Uh, McKenzie, thanks for, for hopping in on short notice, and we will talk to you guys later on this week.